Hello and welcome to the Scripts and Scribes Social, our chat show where we converse with some of our favorite industry folks. Be sure to check out our other great interviews on scriptsandscribes.com. And if you enjoyed this podcast, please give us a thumbs up, five stars, or a like, or whatever. We really appreciate it. Today we're, we're chatting with longtime pal and the guy with all the answers, Christopher Lockhart of WME. In addition to WME, he runs the very popular Inside Pitch Facebook group and formerly podcast. He's a master of log lines as well as other things, but that's one of his specialties, which is awesome because we're in the middle of the Logline Madness 2020 competition, of which he's also been gracious enough to be a judge for. So we're going to get really deep into log lines, their importance, and even analyze a few. So thanks for coming on and chatting today, Chris. I really appreciate it. Well, it's always fun, Kevin. Thank you. <laughs> uh, first off, before we get into all the log line goodness, how are you doing during the quarantine? How's Jack? My son is doing quite well. Uh, you know, we, uh, his mom and I split time. Mm -hmm. And so uh, they have um, hightailed it to Palm Springs. Oh. Uh, I guess to flee the virus. Maybe <laughs> there's more virus here in LA than there is in Palm Springs. Don't know. Um, not my business. And um, so, you know, he's, uh, he's doing the schoolwork from there, and then, and then he slums it back over here to Beverly mm -hmm. Hills and hangs out with me. And, and uh, in fact, uh, he's going to spend the week with me. He'll be back on Thursday. So, you know, it's been fun, actually. You know, it's, it's, it's great um, because there's, there's actually less things to do. So there's more time to spend with my kid, which I love. Yeah, no, that's awesome. And I always, I've said it to you many, many times before. I remember asking you once, and I, I will continually share this advice you had given to me because it is the best advice I've ever been given. And it has nothing to do with screenwriting. When I said to you one time, what's the best advice you have? And you had told me to always... Uh, hold, pick up my son and hug my son and hold him as long as I'm able to because he will get big and at some point I won't be able to carry him around anymore. And to this day, I still do that and I still think about that constantly. So thank you for that. Because How I, old is he now? He's six. He's six. He's six, yeah. So he's that, that's still a great age. Yeah. My son is, he'll, he'll be 12 next month. So you know, he's a big jooch now. So it's like, <laughs> you know, trying to trying to pick them up every now and then I'll still sort of, you know, play around Yeah, and I'll pick them up like a baby. Uh, but yeah, it is, uh, it is, it is sad that they grow up, yeah. but then again, they eventually leave, which could be a blessing. <laughs> right. um, so who knows? Uh, but like I'm glad. Thank you for Good that. And bad. No, absolutely. Thank you for that. Okay. So let's start at the very beginning of log lines, shall we? I often see taglines, the kind you see on movie posters or here in trailers, being used as a log line. They want to generate intrigue, but don't really give that much information. For those writers, the newer writers out there, the emerging writers out there who may have heard what a log line is, but aren't really sure or don't really understand what is, in its essence, what is a log line? A log line is a uh, is a miniature pitch of your screenplay, and it contains uh, a minimum of three elements that uh, help somebody understand 
what your story is, what your movie looks like. Uh, a tagline is a, uh, you know, that's sort of a, uh, uh, a flashy, fun, uh, gimmicky offering. Like, you know, the most famous one, of course, was for Jaws 2. Uh, and I forgot what it is, but, you know, it's, uh, you still can't go back in the water. What was that tagline? I'm doing a terrible job with this tagline. What, what, what was that? Um, it's the most famous tagline like ever in history, and I can't think about it right now. Um, just when you thought it was safe Save to go back, back in right. the water. That, you know, that's great. So let's say I'm your writer, and I say to him, so what's your script about? And he says, ah, just when you thought it was safe to go back in the water. And I say, Oh, so it's a story about a guy who just ate 15 minutes ago <laughs> and he goes into, no, 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 no. Oh, uh, it's about a guy who can't swim. Uh, uh, no, no, no. That doesn't tell me anything. Right. It doesn't tell me anything. A tagline is great when you understand what the story is, mm-hmm. but a tagline in of itself as it's, as it's, own entity doesn't work. It's not clever. It has no meaning. So if somebody wants to include a tagline in a pitch that also includes a log line, I'm okay with that. But uh, one does not take the place of the other. A log line tells me who the story is about and what that person is pursuing through the story and what stands in that person's way. That's what a log line tells me. Just when you thought it was safe to go back in the water, it doesn't give me any of that information. It's a fail. Mm-hmm. How long should a log line be ideally? A log line should be as long as it needs to be, but ideally, it, it, most log lines don't need to be more than a line. Now, that might be a long line that maybe has, you know, a couple of commas and a contraction here and there, uh, um, uh, uh, a conjunction. But, but, um, uh, but for the most part, it can be done in one line. So sometimes a log line, like if it's a science fiction log line, you need to set up the world. You might need to do that in its own sentence and then uh, deliver the other information, the, you know, Who's the story about? What is it that she wants and what stands in her way? So maybe two sentences max, I think. Uh, when I see a log line that's three or four sentences, I can always distill it down to one sentence. No matter when anybody tells me it's impossible to write a log line for this story with one sentence, uh, you know, that's just not true. It's just that the writer's too close to the material and can't separate uh, what needs to be in the log line and what doesn't need to be in the log line. I mean, that's, that can be very tough sometimes. And also, it's just about um, factoring it down. You know, so it's like, okay, like I say this in six words. Is there a way for me to say in three words? Mm. Uh, or, or even one word. Uh, sometimes there's uh, you know, like a six line phrase that you can completely eliminate just by creating an adjective and putting it somewhere else in the story. And it says the same thing, just far more succinctly. 
So, I mean, this is where being a writer really helps uh, and just being able to look at the log line and just keep factoring it down. So I always say start off and write as big a log line as you want. You know, if your log line has 10 lines, that's great. But your goal is to get it down to one or two max. And so then you have to spend the next 15, 20, 30 minutes trying to figure that out. And why are log lines so important? Well, log lines are important because it is a way for you to communicate your screenplay to somebody who's not going to read your screenplay unless they understand what it's about. It's sort of like a trailer for a movie. You know, you, the, the, the odds of you just walking into a theater and going to see a movie that you know nothing about are slim to none. <laughs> right. It's the same thing with the screenplay, right? I, you know, I don't want to read a screenplay unless I see the trailer. And in this case, the trailer is the logline because that will help me to determine if this is something that I want to see no different than a trailer does. So a logline is just a trailer for your screenplay. Right. And it's obviously included in, in queries and things like that. So if you want to get read, the logline is your introduction, is your trailer for them to determine whether or not they want to read your screenplay. And if your trailer, your logline is long-winded, it doesn't, give enough information, then they're far less likely to actually request your script and want to read it. Correct. And log lines are, are used throughout the industry. Yeah. Uh, they're used at, 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 you know, every single point of the development phase through the sales, through production, through post-production, through distribution, log lines are, Incredible. Now, just because you write a log line for your screenplay, that doesn't mean that it is the official log line of your right. script. Right. Uh, hundreds of people will write log lines for your script, uh, maybe even better than the one that you wrote. I always, I always tell myself that the log lines that I write are usually far better than the ones that I read from the writers themselves. Because when or or the producers, because log lines will come to me with a script. And so let's say that I read that script and then I'm like, you know, I really like the script and I really want Denzel Washington to take the script seriously. But the log line that came along with it from the producer sucks. So I'm going to write a much better log line hmm. because I don't think that that log line will even excite someone like Denzel. So I need to write a much better log line. And it's still representative of the screenplay, but it might be distilled more. The word choice might be better. Uh, I might phrase in a way where it's, where it's more active. I might remove elements that the writer had included in his version of the log line. So, um, uh, but yeah, it's, it, it's, it's really important because there's a million scripts in this town and people just don't have time to read them all. They have time to look at a log line and say yes or no based on that. And is that fair? No, that's not fair. But again, you do it all the time, right? You do it with a trailer, right? You, you watch a trailer and you say, Oh, I don't want to go see that movie. Is that fair? And so that question, it's a dumb question. 
uh, it doesn't matter if it's fair or not. That's just the way it's done. That's the reality of it. There's just too much material in town. Most of it is not good. Uh, and by the way, even when a log line is good, most of the time the screenplay isn't. You know, right. the log line just means that, that the screenplay has the, has the right dramaturgical elements, but it doesn't mean that those elements are executed in a successful way. And most of the time they're not. What are some of the most common problems you see with log lines that you read? The most common problem is that there's a concept, but there's no movie. Mm -hmm. So let's just, let's just use Jaws, for example, since we already have discussed it. Um, somebody might say, yeah, so my movie is about uh, a man-eating shark terrorizing uh, a small beach community. Okay. That's, that's a concept. Um, but it's missing elements for it to be a log line. We need to know who the protagonist is. And then we need to put him into the mix. Mm -hmm. And so in this case, now we understand that there's a man-eating shark that's terrorizing a beach community. We're going to add to that a, um, a police sheriff. Uh, in this case, he happens to be a hydrophobic police sheriff, and the script doesn't really hammer that, but uh, it's an element. He has a fear of water. Uh, so right away, you can see that interesting conflict that you have a sheriff who has a fear of water and, well, his enemies out there in the ocean. Mm -hmm. uh, okay, that's great. But then you have to activate the protagonist, meaning you have to give the protagonist something to do in the story. Because at this point, we have a man-eating shark that's terrorizing a local beach community, and we have a sheriff. Okay. Now we have to bring those elements together by giving the sheriff something to do. In this case, it's, it's a goal. That's what David Mamet refers to it, an acute goal. And his goal is to kill the shark. So now you activate the sheriff. Before, we just had the man-eating shark and the beach community, and we had a sheriff. Now we activate the sheriff by giving him something to do, which is to kill the shark. Now you have a movie. Because that activation, giving that character something to do, defines your movie. And so most log lines will have a concept and maybe even a character, but they won't activate the character. They don't give the character anything to do. And since that thing that the character does is your movie, because the entire movie of Jaws is about his attempts to kill the shark. That's the movie. Mm -hmm. Without that, you have no movie. You just have a man-eating shark at a beach and a sheriff. You just have a sheriff who's on the shore <laughs> watching a 
Shargay people. <laughs> That's it. Right. You have to activate him. You have to give him something to do. And this, this is the most basic, most rudimentary, most logical element of storytelling. And the majority of log lines I read don't give the character anything to do. Yeah. They have a predicament and they have a character, but they don't activate the character. They don't give the character anything to do. Or if they do give the character something to do, it is not something that's particularly cinematic. So a lot of amateur screenwriters would create Jaws and uh, instead of having the sheriff struggle to kill the shark, they would have him um, ponder the life and death issues uh, of the local government uh, and their decision to leave the beach open. They go for things that are internal and novelistic gotcha. or just vague. You know, vague is a word that I use all the time because if if the goal of that character is vague, then I don't know what your movie is. Again, we activate the sheriff by giving him a struggle to kill the shark. That's the movie. By the end of the first act, he is on the road out to kill the shark. That is his struggle through the entire movie until the very end when he says, smile, you son of a, and he blows up the shark. I mean, that's basic screenwriting. The problem with a lot of screenwriters is that they just don't, they start with a wildly complicated idea. Mm -hmm. And that is always the death knell of a screenplay. You start with the most simplistic of ideas and then you complicate that, but you don't start with a complicated idea because then it will only get more complicated. And when you're trying to shoehorn a complicated idea into a log line, then you realize you screwed up. And again, it's like, you know, I, I've always loved to use Hamlet as an example because it's probably one of the most intricate and complicated dramatic works ever written. But when you go to its nucleus, it's a simple revenge story. By the end of the first act, Hamlet's father, a ghost, a, appears to him and sets him on the path of knowledge and says, hey, I was murdered and you need to avenge my death. And so Hamlet sets out to avenge the murder of his father. Mm -hmm. That is Hamlet. It's very simple. See, Shakespeare understood hey, you have a really simple, simple idea and then you complicate the idea. But at its core, the idea is simple so you can communicate it with simplicity. And so that's always a, a huge fail. Um, so it is about uh, um, finding what it is that that character has to accomplish through a struggle, a fight, a battle. And that's your movie. And that's what most amateur writers leave out of their log lines. 
And so even in the log line contest that you're in the middle of, uh, quite a few of the log lines I saw suffered from this problem. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, okay, this is an interesting concept. Yeah, you know, the idea of a man-eating shark uh, terrorizing a local beach community. Okay, yeah, that's interesting. But what's the movie, right? Because at this point, I don't know that there's a sheriff. The protagonist could be somebody else. It could be a priest. I, I, I don't know. Right. And if you don't tell me, how am I going to know? So um, by giving us those details, you also create the fingerprints of your story, what makes it unique, hopefully. Now, what about... So again, it's... Oh, go ahead. I was just going to just say again, it's just, you know, who is the story about? What is the protagonist trying to achieve? So it's, you have a protagonist. The protagonist is, is struggling to achieve something, something that we can see, something that's physical, something that can be filmed. And then there's something that stands in that character's way. And you take those elements and you put them into a log line. What about the difference between features where you have a very clearly, you should have a very clearly defined goal that you're trying to uh, relay in your log line versus television where hopefully you have scope to it, meaning you have range to it, you have a length of time, a season. So how are they different? Well, you're going to have two different kinds of log lines for TV, right? Mm -hmm. Because you have a log line for the series. Sure. And then you have a log line for the pilot and each additional episode. Mm -hmm. And uh, the pilot indeed might be a little more, uh, excuse me, the uh, log line for the series might be a little more general, or maybe not. It depends. It depends upon what, what the series is about, right? So in, you know, if it's um, uh, House of Cards, the, the entire series revolves around, God, and I can't quite remember back to uh, the first season, but, you know, it's, it's about this Machiavellian politician who struggles to reach America's highest political office. Mm-hmm. And right. And that is that's that's the series. And uh, it's it's still goal oriented. Right. But, you know, it's not incredibly specific. And then uh, each episode would revolve around what it is that Frank Underwood is doing to achieve that goal. And I think, well, like at the end of the first season, he becomes vice president, maybe. I don't recall. But, um, you know, it's sort of um, exponential, incremental, and sort of, you know, how he eventually gets to the highest, the highest office. But um, so your log line for the series uh, wants to have a reader understand that scope and breadth of the series, but still in a dramatic sense. 
still offering it up from the point of view of whoever the show revolves around. Uh, if it's an ensemble show, then you have to figure that out. Uh, and then if it's the pilot, the pilot is going to drill down from that larger concept and then also be specific. So the rules, the rules don't really change per se. You know, logline is still a logline. Um, it's just that with a series, you're going to have many, many log lines as opposed to a feature where you just have one log line. But if someone were submitting a pilot for looking for representation or looking to get a production company to read it, should it be more a series log line or more just about the pilot? How do you incorporate well, the why two? Can't you, why can't you do both? Oh, right? So, um, right? So this is a series about Frank Underwood, who blah, 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 whatever it is I just said. Uh, in this pilot episode, Frank struggles to blah, 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 blah. There you go. Mm -hmm. That's all. Yeah, it's not hard. It's not hard. Nobody needs to overthink it. And there are no rules. You know, there's no template to any of this stuff. You know, it's not like people open up a query and say, I expect to see this or that or this or that. Some people do have expectations for for a query, uh, other people, they don't. They just sort of look at a query and they just judge it in of itself. Uh, for me, the only thing that matters in a query is the log line. I don't care about anything else. Mm -hmm. That's just me. So I don't care if you went to Harvard. Uh, you know, I don't care who your mother or father is. Uh, I don't care about any of that. I only care about the log line because it's the only thing that I can sell, right. you know? Like, I can't go to one of my clients and say, yeah, this is a terrible idea, but his father is blah, blah, blah. Right. <laughs> uh, you know, unless, of course, his father is the president of the company, and then, then it's a different story. But, you know, it's, it's, it's uh, for me, it always boils down to that. I know people who will, if they think that the letter itself is very well written, uh, even if they hate the log line, but they love the letter, they might um, ask to read the script or at least talk to the writer. Uh, my script pile is too high, and I don't care if you're a good letter writer because I'm not looking for letter writers. Right. I'm looking for screenwriters. I'm looking for dramatic writers. And, and uh, you know, that's my own particular need. Uh, a manager, for example different story. He sees, wow, this guy writes a beautiful letter, hilarious, done really well. I hate his log line, but let me talk to him. You know, let me see if I can help shape him or mold him or get him on the right path. Or maybe the script is brilliant and the log line just isn't good. Uh, but me, I don't, I just don't have time for that. Now, you know, I'm not out to discover talent. Right. You know, right, my right. job is to find movies. My job is to find movies. Now, what about, is there a difference between a log line that is for a character-driven piece, like a coming-of-age story, for example, versus a plot-driven story? Well, the difference, of course, being that a plot-driven story will always make for a better log line. Mm -hmm. And so you're, you immediately put yourself 
at a disadvantage uh, in terms of having to market your screenplay. And you just, you just have to understand that at jump. It's just, that's, that's just the way it is. If this is some kind of slice of life story Mm -hmm. about, uh, you know, an old woman and her earthworm form, then, um, you know, you better hope that somebody reads that log line and says, oh, I love earthworms. <laughs> I want to read the screenplay. Right. Uh, it, it, it is a, you know, it is a conundrum because as a writer, you, you must write the things that you're passionate about. And so if some sort of character-driven story uh, is what interests you, uh, then you understand that it may not pitch as well in the log line. But that's not always true, by the way, because if it's a character-driven log line and you have created a truly fascinating character, it will pop in the log line. Even if we understand that, you know, it's like a, it's a road movie or it's just, you know, it's just kind of stuff that we've seen a million times. But if the character is compelling, then it's like, oh, this is an interesting character. I want to see him on the road. So uh, the problem is, is that a lot of these character-driven screenplays, they don't have interesting characters. Right. And so then, uh, so they don't even jump out of the lot line. So, um, so I don't necessarily agree that a character-driven log line uh, is, uh, isn't... Uh, as uh, isn't as good to have as a uh, plot-based long line, um, but it's just to be able to write a character-based long uh, screenplay, especially when there's not a lot of story to buoy, you know, 120 pages. You have to be an amazingly good writer. Right. But it's like, look at the log line for something like Juno. You know, sounds like, uh, you know, an after-school special almost. But still, you know, you have this sort of clever girl who's pregnant who sets out to find adoptive parents for her baby. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's a, that's a simple story. But it's, that's still compelling because you can feel the emotion in that. Right. You know, a young girl who's pregnant, who's going to give up her child to another family and she wants to find the right family. Like you can totally feel that emotion. Then of course, you know, you would be completely unprepared for the screenplay because, you know, the voice in that is, is, is so great. Um, but, um, Again, it's just, it's always where you start, you know, make sure that you have stuff that's compelling. The problem is, is that people, I don't know what it is about writers, but they just pick stuff that's not compelling. uh, Or then they write a screenplay and I'm like, has this person ever seen a movie? Right. I mean, I ask that question a lot. I'm like, has this person ever seen a movie? It is amazing to me the disconnect. So uh, the moral to that story is that there really, there really are a lot of moving parts 
to writing a screenplay. And remember, if your screenplay sucks, and it probably does, then your <laughs> log line's then your log line's not going to be very good either. Right. Um, that again, as I said earlier, and I'll come back around to that. You can still write a great log line and have a terrible screenplay. Um, but at least you have those basic dramatic elements in the story. Um, but when you've written a screenplay that don't have those basic dramatic elements, and now you're trying to write a log line, you're like, oh my God, log line writing is so hard. No, it's not hard. It's just that you wrote a script and you just don't have any ingredients. It's like trying to make a cake and you don't have eggs and you don't have flour and you don't have chocolate, but you try and make a cake. Right, out of sugar and butter. Well, you know, right, exactly. Yeah. And you probably even have sugar and butter and you're still <laughs> trying to make a cake. Right. So um, you know, that, that tends to be an issue, which is why I always tell writers, start with the log line. Once you sort of have your ingredients, see if you can put it into a log line. Yeah. And run it by some friends. And then if it doesn't work or people are like, well, the character isn't doing anything, then you can stop and reflect on your idea and say, yeah, you're right. The character isn't doing anything. So what is it that he can do? I know he can, he can, he can search for inner peace. So I'm, um, I'm going to put that in the log line. And then you share it and people are like, well, search for inner peace. That doesn't sound very cinematic. That sounds like a, you know, it sounds like a novel. Or at least it sounds like the psychological side to the character. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah, you're right. Okay, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try this instead. You know, and then you come up with something that's, that's more physical, that's more cinematic, that's more active. Mm -hmm. And then people say, yes, yes, that's it, that's it. And, um, but it's trial and error, and the log line helps you with that. It's a tool, you know? Yeah. So well, use it. And that's great advice to start with a log line, gener you know, from your idea, your initial concept, work it into a log line and see if it is uh, a movie. I know a lot of, of producers, I've heard that if once they read a script, they can see the whole trailer in their head. And if they can see the trailer, they're like, this is a movie that I want to make. And I think that that if writers look at it in the same terms, if they have a concept and they can write a strong logline for it, then it probably works. And if you're struggling, either keep working on that logline because either you're not expressing it properly or like you had mentioned, there's inherent issues with their concept. There's not enough there. The character isn't interesting enough. There's not enough of a, of a character arc or some sort of growth or challenge or a cinematic something there that, that makes it interesting and makes people want to read it. Correct. And isn't it so much better to find that out before you've spent nine months writing a screenplay? Right. Right. And but it's... that's not what most people do. Right. Most people tend to just dive in and then they want me to read their script. Right. Right. And tell them what, yeah, that it's great. Or... Right. Which of course I'm not going to do, but right. I'm also not going to read their script. Right. right. And, and so, um, you know, it's, 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 uh, be smart. You know, there's the old saying, some people work hard, some people work smart. 
as a screenwriter, work smart. At least have that. And, and I always say that log lines are living, breathing entities. Mm-hmm. So it can change. So if you're in the middle of your story and all of a sudden you realize, you know something? I don't want it to be about this. I want it to be about that. Then just go back to the log line, rewrite the log line, and see if it works. That's right. all. Right. Again, you're just using it as a tool. I do think that a lot of writers sort of undervalue the importance of log lines. We were talking about it earlier uh, before we started recording, how crucial they are for many aspects, many phases of the industry, uh, but especially for newer writers, amateur writers, aspiring writers, emerging writers to get read, whether by literary reps, by yourself, people like yourself in the business, people, uh, production companies, whatever. You have a garbage logline, even if your script is great. If you, your logline is subpar, you're going to have a really hard time getting people to look at it, period. Yeah, because it's, it's, it's you. I meet so many people who say, listen, I know, I know that the logline isn't great. I know that the logline doesn't really sell it. But I can promise you, this is a great script. It will really be one of the best scripts that you've ever read. And for the first, I don't know, maybe four or five years, I got suckered in by that <laughs> right. countless times. Now, you know, I'm, I'm in the agency business 22 years now. And um, uh, I don't fall for that line anymore. Yeah. And so maybe there is that one person who really did write the great script and it's slipping away from me. But if it's great it will fall into the right hands. Maybe not my hands, but it will fall into somebody else's hands. And, um, but yeah, it's just, it's just not good enough. You know, it's like, I believe in the log line and I believe in the empirical evidence of a well-written log line in that I, that a log line is a window into your story that I can look at that log line and I can see in to the story. I mean, I can, I can diagnose a screenplay from a log line. I can look at a log line and tell you exactly what's wrong with your screenplay without having to read the screenplay. Mm-hmm. I, I think we discussed this in our last podcast together a few years ago. Yeah. And, um, and so for me, it's really, it's a diagnostic tool, you know, and it's, um, it really is a way to be able to determine what could be wrong with a screenplay, which is why when I hear log lines, I'll often ask very specific questions. So like I'll hear a log line and I'll say, gee, that last sentence, that sounds like it's coming from the third act. Uh, Am I right? And they'll say, yes, that's part of the third act. And then right away, it's a red flag because a log line should only contain information from the first act. If you're bringing in, generally speaking, if you're bringing in information from the second and third acts, it's a problem. And uh, my experience has taught me that the problem is that you don't have enough going on in the story. And so you have this subconscious need or urge to um, buoy 
the log line with other information that doesn't need to be there because without it, you can sense the flaw. But you may not be, uh, as a writer, you may not be self-actualized enough to really understand the problem. Right. Um, so for me, because that information, who is the protagonist, what does the protagonist want, and what stands in the protagonist's way, that information, for the most part, 99% of all scripts, is established within the first act. Mm-hmm. So if you're bringing stuff in from later in the story, that to me is a problem. Right. No, absolutely. And, and that problem will arise when I'm reading the screenplay. And I'll say, here it is. There we go. This is it. Because the character really has nothing to do. Or for whatever reason, the character is not activated until page 75. So it would be like watching Jaws. And instead of him setting out to kill the shark on page 30, he sets out to kill the shark on page 75. And then you're wondering, so if that's the case, what does the movie look like for the first 75 pages? Right. And um, so these are, these, are, these are all issues that can materialize in the log line. You just sometimes just... You, just have to ask one or two, maybe three max pointed questions to the writer. And then I know exactly what their script is about mm-hmm. from a log line and just a few questions. Uh, and then I know exactly what their script looks like, the structure, and I know what works and what doesn't work. Right. Just from a log line. Yeah. So it really is a powerful tool. Is there a difference writing log lines for ensembles? versus a single protagonist? And if so, what, what is the main difference and how can those writers who have an ensemble piece make it as strong as it can be? Right, well, there are different kinds of ensemble pieces, right? So you might have an ensemble piece like um, The Magnificent Seven, mm-hmm. or you might have an ensemble piece like Love Actually. Gotcha. And I would say that um, the Magnificent Seven is actually not an ensemble piece. Mm-hmm. That it does revolve around one character. So either it's Hugh Brenner or it's Denzel Washington, depending upon which version, version you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, where Love Actually, there is no central character. There is no protagonist. It really does uh, 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 rely on an ensemble. And so in that case, when you have an ensemble piece, and again, this is, this, is only, this is only if it's well-written, mind you, but look at ensemble pieces. Look at an ensemble piece like Love Actually. Look at an ensemble piece like um, Nashville. Uh, look at an ensemble piece like Crash. And if you just step back, you realize that Each member of the ensemble, while their stories are different, they're all interrelated by a theme or a motif. So, for example, in Love Actually, all the stories are set at Christmas time, and they all have to deal with love. Right. Different kinds of love, not necessarily romantic love, 
but all different kinds of love. Uh, the love of a sister for her brother, the, um, the faltering love in a long-time marriage, the love between a, a new widower and his stepson, mm-hmm. and the stepson's unrequited love for a girl in his class. But love is the unifying theme. And so you could write a log line that way. Um, the same thing with Nashville, where uh, it, um, well, all the stories revolve in and around Nashville. And um, Crash, Crash deals with, uh, there is a, uh, there's a, I think there's a murder. I forget exactly what happens in Crash, but there is a riot. Correct? There's a riot, and the riot unifies what's, what's happening with all of the characters. So here's, here's um, my log line. No, this is actually not very good. Um, it's actually a terrible log line. Um, <laughs> let me just see. Let me, let me, I'm just going to... Um, so this was a log line that I wrote for Crash. Okay. All right. This, this you know, just, I read the script back in uh, 2003. A chain of events leads to flaring tempers and murder within one day in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. You know, and look, I'm not saying that's the world's greatest log line. Um, but you get it. I wasn't a lover of the screenplay. Right. And now somebody might say, uh, you know, uh, uh, who is the protagonist? Now, I might have done a better job in this, and I could have uh, specifically referred to the ensemble, you know, something like uh, a chain of events leads uh, Los Angeles residents to flaring tempers and murder within one day in the city, something like that, you know. Uh, so there are ways to, to, uh, to infer that it's an ensemble piece, mm-hmm. uh, you know, just by often saying a group of people. Right, right. So you just throw that in a group of people. Uh, again, still maybe an adjective, you know, a group of angry people, perhaps, you know. Um, and then, and then just, talk about what the unifiers are, you know, and in this case, it's about, uh, uh, you know, some like crazy civil unrest um, during one day in Los Angeles. So uh, an ensemble piece refer to the group of people and then uh, refer to the unifying elements, typically a log line for a, ensemble piece will revolve around a theme. Right. Because that's often what ensemble pieces are. The problem is, is that you're the amateur writer who writes a terrible ensemble piece. And so there's, so there's no unifiers in it. You know, this is the problem, right? You know, mm-hmm. it's like um, your story isn't set on Christmas Eve. You know, your story isn't set in Nashville. Your story isn't set in one day during a riot. You know, right, right. you an ensemble piece that's set over 50 years 
you know, and it's about uh, love and death and boxing and, uh, you know, and a veterinarian. And, and you're like, what? Just a problem. <laughs> you know, so it's like, you know, maybe the greatest thing you can do before you start to write a screenplay is learn about screenwriting. Um, but, uh, but, but yeah, so if you have, if, if your screenplay has the right elements, then you won't have an issue writing a log line, even for an ensemble piece. But like the uh, uh, challenge with the character based log line, it just may not be as exciting as a, you know, concept driven log line. And then, as I said before, that is uh, your challenge. When you chose to write this story as a new writer, an aspiring writer struggling to emerge, you chose to uh, take a path of more resistance rather than a path of least resistance. I respect that, but don't expect me to kowtow and bow over to you or do you favors because that was your choice. Right. And now you have to hope that your log line is going to be able to sell it. And right. if all of a sudden it can't, well, that's your problem. That's not my problem. That's, that's your problem. I wanted to run a few log lines by you that were submitted to us by listeners, readers who would love your feedback. Sure. Uh, the first one is a log line called is for a, TV pilot, a sci-fi thriller called Incursion. And the logline goes, in 1974, a group of scientists sent a message to the stars, welcoming other sentient beings to visit our world. It's a decision humankind may not live to regret. I'll read it one more time. Incursion, in 1974, a group of scientists sent a message to the stars, welcoming other sentient beings to visit our world. It's a decision humankind may not live to regret. Thoughts? May not live to regret. Right. Okay, yeah. Uh, this is not a long line. And it's not interesting. Okay. Uh, be yeah, because I didn't understand uh, that they might live to not regret. Oh, I guess yeah, the writer yeah, yeah. is trying to be clever, mm -hmm. but in movies, we want conflict. We want characters to regret, don't mm -hmm. we? Mm -hmm. And so this doesn't sound like it would be much of an issue. So alien beings land on the planet and they're friendly and we don't regret having sent out right. that message. Yeah. yeah. Um, now maybe there's more going on here. Maybe we're in the middle of a pandemic and people are dying left and right, and then these aliens come down and they hold the key to the pandemic. But that's not what the log line says. Mm -hmm. The log line doesn't create any dilemma in here. Uh, so this is not a log line. This is, this is a complete fail. Now that doesn't mean that if I were to spend five minutes talking with this writer, that, that I wouldn't say, wow, that's a terrific, idea for a movie, but you sure didn't convey that in the log line. But I always say, well, like, if you have that terrific idea, why wouldn't you put it in the log line? Like, could you imagine that you've written the screenplay for Jaws, and when you write the log line, you leave the shark out? 
Oh, right. You're not going to write a log line for Jaws and leave out the shark. Mm-hmm. You're just not going to do that. That would be ludicrous. Right. So people don't leave stuff out. They, it's, it's not in the log line because it's not in the script. So I wonder if this is even a screenplay. This could strictly be a log line for a con, you know, for a potential screenplay. And I hope that's the case. It is is supposed to be a pilot. It says a TV. Oh, it's a a pilot. Okay. And, but you don't know if it's actually written or not. Uh, I don't, I don't. Okay. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So again, as a log line, uh, who is the protagonist? Mm -hmm. We can say it's a group of scientists. Okay. Uh, What is it that they want? I don't know. I don't know what they want. What do they want? Right. Does this story, is this story set in 1974? It almost sort of leads us to believe that it's set presently. Sure. But yet it's talking about what we did in 1974. Right. Without giving. So again, right. And so fine. So that's the backstory. Uh, Are these group of scientists, are they even the protagonists? If this is a current day story? Yeah, this is just, yeah, yeah. It's a fail. Okay, and the title Incursion? Do you like the title? Not Incursion? Incursion. Oh, uh, you know, not really. Okay. Okay, Maybe, again, if I understood understood the story, oh, yeah. Gotcha. Uh, The next one is a crime drama feature. The title's Capo, and the logline is script evokes the declining state of the american mafia and deals with the causes of its decline in the context of a day in the life of a capo managing his crew over the course of a day he attends to such business as pursuing a turn you are testing me here you are testing me that's what you're doing kevin this is a test <laughs> this is not a test you you are sneaky and underhanded here. This is not a log line. I don't even need to hear anymore. I, I totally checked it. By the way, the first second yeah. they said, you know, the script. Right, right. I, I immediately checked out. Right. Because it's not a log line. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's not a log line. A log line is, is a, it, it, it is a, it is a, uh, a, a just a, a, a sentence or two of factual information telling me who's the protagonist, what the protagonist wants, and what stands in the protagonist's way. Now, maybe this logline could have started with, you know, a day in the life of the capo, but all of that intro stuff, it's just, it's just, wait, it's, it's not a logline, so it's a fail. I don't even need to hear it. Maybe it's brilliant, which I know it's not, but it's a fail. Well, especially because like when you refer to movie trailers as this as a logline being the movie trailer for a script, you wouldn't start a movie trailer with this movie is about, right? Yeah, I, I mean, to you just to show me, what the movie is about. Almost, that's it. Yeah. This to me almost feels like, you know, it's 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 been lifted from Wikipedia, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. there there's no there's no dramatic flair to it. It's just a lot of information. Right. 
a lot of information. And we don't, we don't bring attention to the story and, again, uh, the script. Uh, we avoid any sort of uh, um, um, editorializing in a log line, you know, uh, amusing, uh, heart-pounding. We just simply give the information that I've been begging for. Right. Who's the protagonist? What does the protagonist want? And what stands in the protagonist's way? That's it. So that is not a log line. Right. And especially because it doesn't have like what you said in terms of what is happening, the, the plot, it's not there. It's really talking about over the course of a day, he attends. We don't know specifically. It talks about pursuing a turncoat, investigating the robbery of his bookie and organizing a robbery of his own. That's a few elements of it, but what actually is the over, you know, the, the story here. It's other than right. a slice and, of life in, in that of a bookie. That sounds right. more of a TV and, and, thing and, than a feature thing, even. This was a feature. It said, yeah, it says feature drama, crime yeah. drama. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, uh, yeah, it's a mess. Right. Because we don't know yeah, what happens in that one day other than a few incidents, but not what is, what's the challenge? Well, what's okay. The then, you know, something let's, let's do an exercise. If we may hmm. um, take a look at that log line, it's in front of you mm -hmm. and tell me who is the protagonist. I'm assuming it's the capo. Okay. The title's capo and, and it says the day in the life of a capo managing his crew. So I'm assuming it is the capo. Okay. And uh, what, what is it that the capo wants? Mm, from this all I could say is he wants to go about his day. Uh, okay. Yeah, all, all right. it says is okay. uh, evokes the declining state of the American mafia and deals with the causes of its decline, which it's not, I don't know what necessarily that means. In the context right, that, of a day. That is all thematic, by the way. That is all right. thematic. You know, evokes right. the, that's, that stays out of the log line. No theme in the log line. Right. No theme in the log line. Just the facts of the story. Right. So um, all, all I know yeah. is that he goes through the course of his day and I get, I'm assuming he wants it to be successful. That's, that's all I really know. From the right. Line. So then, yeah. you know something, then you can, you can go ahead and write something like, you know, um, a day, yeah, a day in the life of a mob cop. Mm -hmm. uh, that, that could be a log line. Now I would say, that if it were a specific day, a, a very specific kind of day, if it were like a particularly trying day, um, uh, you know, you might be able to offer up a more interesting adjective to explain the kind of day that it is. Mm -hmm. um, uh, I mean, you know, that would, that would be some kind of log line. It wouldn't certainly meet the requirements that I look for, but I would understand from that, if it were just, you know, uh, for a lack of a better uh, log line, you know, a trying day in the life of uh, a mob capo. Uh, some people read that and go, oh, that sounds interesting. You know, it's like one day. Okay, that's kind of cool. And, you know, if now, of course, if 
the writer were a good writer, it would really just be one very specific thing that the mobster's trying to do during that day. But according to this logline, it sounds like he's trying to do a million things. Right. So, um, again, you can write any kind of logline, um, and it can be very accurate. So writing that kind of logline, a trying day in the life of a mob capo, could be very accurate to what that screenplay is. But is that going to intrigue people? Right. I don't know. Clearly, he knows that it's not. So what he does is he goes on the counterattack, the screenwriter, mm. and he includes everything and the kitchen sink. Mm-hmm. Because he understands that sort of at its, at its core, it's a pretty dull concept. Well, especially... So, you know, I... he... No, go ahead. You go ahead. No, I was going to say the stakes is, are what to me is obvious, it's inherently missing in this logline. I don't know if they're in the script or not. And uh, you have obviously much more experience dealing with loglines and then sometimes reading scripts that reflect the issues with the logline, meaning if there were stakes that would be in the logline. But if there are stakes, I would love to see that because otherwise like a day in the life without specific well, yes, stakes it, is... Especially in this kind of logline. I right. agree with you completely. Especially in this kind of logline. You know, so... Uh, and there are elements in, in here. A, no, there are yeah, el- absolutely. elements in here. Pursuing a turncoat, investigating a robbery, uh, organizing right. a robbery. I mean, it could be something like... And, you know, yeah. dealing with the, the decline of the mafia. Something like a, a capo... A day in the life of, of a cop... Or a day... No, a capo has a day of reckoning where he must investigate a robbery only to discover a turncoat, which could bring down his entire crime family. And he has only one day to something like that. I don't know. Right. Yes. No, absolutely right. So you can just find the elements in there and just, again, find the least common denominator. And just shrink it down. Who is the protagonist, or in this case, perhaps an anti-heroes? Same thing. Uh, you know, what is it that he wants? What's his goal? What are we watching? What's the movie? And what stands in his way? Right. And so there's probably a way to take that. But again, it's very possible that he's putting this all in because the screenplay is not focused. It's not focused on any one particular thing. And so he doesn't know how to focus his logline because the screenplay is so muddled. Right. That would be my educated guess, that the reason that he writes his logline this way is because it's very, very representative of the screenplay, which is probably overwritten and cramped with a lot of stuff uh, and, and probably too much stuff. And then he just, it's very difficult to distill it. See, it's easy for us because we haven't read the screenplay. So we can say, oh, yeah, you know, let's say that he tries to find a turncoat in his organization. Mm -hmm. And then the writer sees our logline and he says, well, but that's only part of the story, you know? Right. Because the other part of the story, he's trying to do this. And then the other part of the story, he's trying to do this. And the other part of the story, he's trying to do this. That's why I had to put it all in there. Mm-hmm. 
So those become the issues. When screenplays are muddled and unfocused, these are the kinds of, of log lines that you get. Sure. Now, again, I could be wrong. But I'm not going to find out because I'm not going to read that screenplay. Gotcha. Yeah, and I think that that goes to the point of people spend six months, writers spend six months writing a screenplay and often spend 15, 20 minutes throwing together a log line instead of spending a... Not that you need to spend six months on it, but spending real time working on it and distilling it down to make it the the most to give it some pop and make it to where you want to other people or other people want to read it. You know, there are like for, as far as movie business goes, you talk about going back to trailers. the The editor spends obviously months working on the film, cutting the film together, but you have a whole separate set, and, and this is it's it's an industry where you have trailer editors who will, whose whole job is to come through and edit the trailer to make people want to watch it. And they spend weeks doing it. It's not something that, generally speaking, for a big feature film, you just have some apprentice editor, okay, throw a trailer together so we can throw put it on, on television and, and throw it in front of other movies in the theater. No, you have a trailer editor come through and edit your trailer to make it strong because that's what they do. And I'm not saying you have to hire someone to write your log line. I'm just saying spend time on it. Make it, you know, go through your screenplay and make it as good as it can be because that's your selling, that's your calling card. So, Correct. That's it. Um, I mean, you know, that, that is the calling card of your screenplay. I mean, stop and think about it. Yeah. Let's, use, let's use the business card as an analogy. You give me your business card. Uh, and it has your name on it, but there's no phone number. Right. Well, there's no email. There's no way for me to contact you. Kind of defeats the purpose of a business card. Right. Well, same thing with the log line. No different. You know, that, this guy gave us a calling card without a phone number to call him. Right. Or it, it doesn't have your protagonist, doesn't list who your protagonist is. Maybe there's, it's just your name without your occupation or it's just the occupation without a name or it doesn't have either. It just has a phone number and an email or right. if you don't, it doesn't have, it's not cinematic. If there's not something interesting, maybe there's no graphic on it, which is not necessarily the worst thing. But if there's a cool logo, you know, you're more likely, you're more inclined to remember it and more inclined to call someone rather than just Jim plumber phone number. If you have a cool right. logo of a little pipe with eyes and whatever, I'm just saying that, you know, there's ways to make it look and feel more professional than just a name and a phone number. Agreed. Especially if the phone number is misspelled. <laughs> I mean, uh, the phone number is missing a digit or the name is misspelled or whatever, which happens. Uh, and that's not good. A um, couple more here. Uh, it's a TV comedy called Dad's the Word. Uh, and it's a trans father needs help looking after his newborn baby. His transphobic father is the only option, but can they learn to get along? A trans Hi, father, uh... a trans father needs help looking after his newborn baby. His transphobic father is the only option, but can they learn to get along? Yeah, yeah. I mean, like I get it. It's a yeah. Uh, yeah. It's a thirty-minute. Uh, uh, three camera perhaps and um, it sets it all up and it's obviously topical 
and going for something that we don't see often. Sure. The only on thing, TV. So, yeah. What, what I would ahead. say is, it says a trans father needs help looking after his newborn baby, and I understand the trans angle is pretty much your concept. But if there's something else in there that you could include, even to make it sound more interesting, because it seems for me it's a little dry. Like, what does the trans father do? What is his job or her job, uh, his job? And what happened, you know, if it's a single father, I would add that. I mean, you assume that if, if the trans father needs help looking after his newborn baby, I would assume that there, there's, correct. You, you know, that it's a single parent. But I would include that. And why, if there's a possible a divorcee or you know, whatever... Uh, I think it needs, not that you want to bog it down, but to me, it's just, it feels sterile. Like you get the information, but it's not, it doesn't make me that interested in who these people, like, I don't get anything other than the father's trans, the baby's newborn, and the grandparent, the grandfather is transphobic. And, you know, that's essentially probably what it is, but I would, especially for a comedy. I mean, listen, it's no different than than a gazillion other sitcom uh, uh, over the years, right? You know, we have all, you know, there's, there's all kinds of mismatch, mismatches. You've got my two dads. Sure. Uh, and, you know, I mean, we can go on and on and on. Uh, I just feel that sort of as a, as a pitch for a series, it does enough for me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I don't need... I don't need much more than that because ultimately for me, that's the conflict. It's like, I want to know what's the conflict. Sure. And the conflict is obviously between the dad and uh, the trans kid. Uh, trans father. That, Transphobic father. That, right. Yeah. Correct. Uh, yeah. And, and so, um, you know, um, having to have extra information, maybe, maybe not. So like you bring up the idea of, uh, should we mention that he's single? I agree with you in the sense that there's just some information that we can infer. Sure. Uh, and, and and so kind of the way it's written, there's clearly not another parent partner mm-hmm. in, in the scene. Um, and, and so and so having to put in you know a single and sure. trans dad right. that might sort of weigh it down or just right. kind of throw the rhythm off a little bit, but this is stuff that you have to consider. There's no like right way or wrong way. It's just about sort of looking at the fluidity of the log line and, and, and just sort of how it works and what is it that you really need in there and what is it that you don't need in there. For me, I might then say to somebody, if they pitch that to me, I say, okay, like I can see the series. Now what's the log line for the, uh, for the second and third episodes, or actually for the pilot and the second and third episodes. Mm-hmm. You know, I might want to hear the log line for those just to hear how uh, it's going to mix it up. Because clearly we don't want every single episode to just be the father and son fighting. Uh, right. You know, right. That, right. And, right. And so, you know, I would want to, I I would want to hear more, but this isn't a workplace comedy. So it's not important to necessarily know where he works. 
Right. Um, you know, it's more important to understand what's going on at home. But I just think just generally speaking for a, uh, a log line pitch of a series, mm-hmm. I'm not saying it's the most brilliant log line that I've ever heard and that maybe the writer could have done a better job writing it. But just from a, a just from a, a, a point of view, a, can I see the series? Do I understand the characters? Do I understand the conflict? The answer is yes. So I can see a potential series here. And that's, and that's, you know, most of the battle, right? right? That's, you know, 90% of the battle is to get the person to see for you to communicate to the log line, what it is that you've written. Right. And I, I totally get the single part at the beginning. you I agree with you after further consideration. That's, it's probably, it's just inferred. It you, don't, you don't need it. Um, but I, I think personally, I would love that the trans father needs help. I would love to know a little bit of why, even if it's just a few words. Why? I don't know why I, I yeah, well, but, yeah. to me, well, to me that's know, a depth to your main hire, character. Why doesn't he hire an au pair? Oh, yeah. Why yeah. doesn't he hire a babysitter? Sure. Why does he have to use his transphobic father? That's great to know. For or, example. Yeah. Right. So, so, you know, right. So there could be that element in there that could could add to it. I don't know. So again, it's all about trial and error. And it's possible that the writer put that in there and then made the decision. You know something? I just kind of feel like it dilutes from the power of the conflict between the father and son. Right. So, um, you know, uh, I don't know. But, I, but again, that's, that's the beauty of writing a log line. It's, it's trial and error. And the other thing, too, is always remember that it's subjective. Yeah, no, it is 100%. It's very subjective. Yeah. So um, I might love a log line and say, oh, that is so interesting to me. And you might say, wow, that is so boring to me. Uh, that's why I always try to, especially in these forms, when I'm at work, I'm not looking at a log line and saying, ah, this log line is well constructed. Right. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not doing that. I'm just reading a log line and in that moment, does it communicate the movie and does it grab me? Because there really are two objectives to a log line. If, if from the writer's point of view, it, it is to, um, to write a good log line, uh, but also to have the log line grab the reader to where the uh, reader says, yes, I want to, uh, you know, I want you to send me the screenplay. Because I read a lot of log lines that I think are perfect. They're perfectly written. Like, this is a great log line. But the subject matter doesn't interest me. Mm-hmm. Sure. All the time. But so, if the log know, line is bad, even if the, subject, even if the subject, in theory, the theme or the setting might interest you, if it's a really terrible log line, you probably still won't recommend it. I mean, re- you know, read it. Yeah, because, right, because... I do see log lines sometimes and I'm like, wow, this is really compelling. For example, in one of these finalist log lines from your contest, I thought, wow, like I actually kind of love this concept. It's, it's, it's actually good, but the log line's not great. Mm-hmm. And so the question is, is, if this were the real world, what would I do? Right. Would I say, gee, I love this concept so much. It's so unique 
that um, even though I don't like the log line and it sounds like there's not much of an interesting story there, uh, is it worth my time to give it a read? Right. So, you know, uh, sometimes I'm on the fence, but you don't want somebody to be on the fence. You just, you know, you just want to yank them over the fence. Right. And just pull them to your side. Right. Uh, and we've got the final log line here that I want to run by you. There's no title. It's untitled as of now. Uh, it's a one-hour dramedy TV pilot. And the log line is, a DJ and former dancer in Los Angeles finds herself at a crossroads after the pandemic wipes away her income and most of her savings. She soon gets creative delivering drugs as a food delivery person. When a delivery goes wrong, she begins to discover the scope of the underworld she is involved in. Obviously timely and probably re written very recently. Uh, thoughts? Yeah, you know, I think the log line is overwritten. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that it could be still it could be distilled more succinctly. It's a little bit of breaking bad. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, but yeah, like I totally get it. You know, I like the sort of the uh, the pandemic thing. It works now, at least, you know. Right. Um, and uh, and I also like the idea of her running drugs through you know, like uh, Uber Eats or whatever those right, right, food right. delivery places are called. Um, I like that. And then, yeah. Uh, and then we can sort of understand how she could get in over her head and how she meets all different sorts of people. And, you know, maybe by the final season, she's the drug lord in the city. Sure. Um, but uh, yes, uh, again, I think it's, I think it's, uh, there's too much in the long line. Mm -hmm. It could it it could be streamlined in a way to where it's got a lot more punch and power. But overall, it works. Right. Yeah. I think most of the last sentence, when a delivery goes wrong, she begins to discover the scope of the underworld. I think most of that can probably be removed, like the scope of the underworld. Yeah. Or you, kind you of know, she could. Yeah. Or you know, she. I'm saying she is if the author is a she. Um, but that's okay because maybe it is a she. Yeah, um, but uh, uh, it feels like uh, the writer could probably find uh, a, a better way to sort of say that because that's clearly she's pitching the series. Sure. Here, right? You know, and so she's trying to provide the log line with the breadth and scope of a series. And uh, but she could probably do it in a way that that feels less editorial mm -hmm. and more and more dramatic. Right. Um, you know, but again, still, it's like, you know, you can still read through all of that stuff. It's like my job when I'm reading log lines isn't to be a dick. You know, it's not about reading a log line and then saying, oh, well, this writer didn't do this in the log line. You know, oh this writer did this and should have really streamlined that. Uh, that's not what this is about. You know, I'm still going to be able to look through all of the flaws, whether they're story flaws or whether it's just flaws in the log line structure or the writing of the log line. I'm going to look through all of that. Um, but the truth is, is that sometimes you can put the log line at a disadvantage. 
uh, with too much information, it can become cluttered, confusing, uh, uh, distracting. And, and so it is best to just present the very best log line that you can. It's, you know, same thing when you write a screenplay. It's like I'm not looking for the perfect screenplay because perfect screenplays don't exist. You know, I'm very, very well aware that uh, I'm going to read a screenplay and it's going to have flaws and I'm going to uh, communicate those flaws to my clients. And my clients, they're all, you know, super A-list actors that they don't, that if they say, yeah, I love the script, but we need a rewrite, a rewrite happens. Right. So, uh, you know, so I'm, I'm coming from, from a position of that understanding. So, um, and of course, writing is rewriting. Uh, so I'm not looking for the perfect screenplay, just like I'm not looking for the perfect log line. But the log line still has to accomplish certain things in the same way that a screenplay does. A screenplay can be flawed, but it can't be flawed to a point where it doesn't work. And it's the same thing with a log line. It can't be flawed to a point where it doesn't work. Mm -hmm. That's a great way to summarize everything and uh i appreciate you taking the time to give us a, a master class essentially on on log lines if you uh chris has written a great 50 some page guide to log lines which we've linked before but we'll link it again in this uh where you download this podcast so you can actually take a look at the guide it's, it does a great job of explaining the different concepts and, and different types of log lines and, and gives you some examples. So you should definitely check that out uh, as well as listening to our previous interview with Chris. Uh, uh, it was a couple years ago. You can find it at scriptsandscribes.com. Uh, we have a lot of other great interviews as well with other lit reps and, and TV writers and producers and, and screenwriters. So definitely check those out as well. Scriptsandscribes.com. Thanks again, Chris. I appreciate it. I hope you are well and safe and healthy. During this time. Thank you, Kevin, for uh, being on the front lines here and uh, bringing good information to screenwriters. Appreciate uh, it. Oh, and, and check out uh, the Inside Pitch on Facebook. It is Facebook slash groups slash the Inside Pitch. But you can just do a search for the Inside Pitch and it'll come up. You just need to answer a question. Uh, it's so, a very secret uh, question. It's qu very complicated. Yeah. <laughs> it's actually... Quite simple. It just says, how did you learn about the inside pitch? It's just to make sure that you're not some kind of bot. Right. That's all. Just want to make sure that you're a real person. And so just answer that question. And, uh, and then you're in. You know, it's not much, uh, so just not make, that hard to get in. Just make sure you say you uh, are joining because of Chris's great interview here on the Scripts and Scribes. Dropping, Absolutely. Dropping knowledge bombs on you. Um, so thank you again, Chris, for joining the SNS Social. Kevin. Good luck to you, your family, your listeners. Let's all let's all be safe, and uh, I look forward to shaking hands and giving hugs in the near future. I look forward to it as well, my friend. And all to, to all of you out there, have a great and productive day, and we'll see you next time.